Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Bless the speaking and the hearing of your word. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, last week, uh, like a lot of people, we took advantage of a spring break, and we went out west and visited uh, both sets of grandparents out there. And on one of the days that we were there, we noticed across the street, the neighbor across the street had put up a gigantic bounce house in their driveway. Kids, does that sound fun to you? Okay, so you'll get this, and maybe some of the adults here as well. Uh, but as soon as my children, who are between the ages of 4 and 11, as soon as they were given the okay, you know what they did? They ran screaming over to... The, yeah! And they ran over to the bounce house. I didn't have to tell them to do this. I didn't need to explain to them that this was a good thing. This was simply their gut reaction to knowing that they could go play in this bounce house. One of the other things that we got to do uh, out there, which was a special treat, was we went to Joshua Tree National Park and hiked around. And obviously it's known for its Joshua trees, but also for giant uh, boulders and rock formations that the kids enjoy climbing around and, you know, going through the caverns and all this. And on one of these occasions, uh, they encountered a little friend. Her name was Heather, and she's probably five or six years old. And they were playing together for quite a while. And as we drove out, out of the park and on our way back, my four-year-old uh, pipes up from the back seat and says, I like Heather because she stayed with me. Right? In other words, when they were walking through, Heather didn't abandon her in the, in the cavern. So she said, I like Heather. She stayed with me. And then a few minutes later, again, she said, you know what I like about Heather? She, she stayed with me in there. And then like 10 more minutes later, you know what she said? I love Heather. She stayed with me. Now, that right there is its own sermon, right? I mean, a friend, right? What is a friend? Someone who stays with you, right? But in other words, she could not help herself. I didn't have to tell her that that was a good thing. I didn't have to tell her that she should be grateful for it or excited about it. Just that's her gut reaction to something so good. She just had to, just like they cried out and screamed and went to the bounce house, she couldn't stop shouting out or crying out or telling us how good her friend Heather was for her. Now, we have these experiences in our lives. They're not always so positive, but we all have these experiences in life where we cry out and nobody needs to tell us to do that, right? It's like it's built into us. I mean, just as we were coming in this morning and my kids are getting out of the car, their first instinct is to start running around in a parking lot, right? What's my first instinct? Hey, stop it! Okay? You guys know this, right? If you see a kid engaged in some dangerous activity, you don't have to think. You just cry out. Stop doing that. Sometimes in our lives we have these experiences where uh, we are in deep suffering or despair. Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's emotional or spiritual. And you don't need to be told how to pray. You just cry out to God, right? Help. 
It is the purest form of prayer, right? You don't need to be taught this at all. Maybe you've had an experience where um, you are surprised by an old friend that you have not seen in a long time. They just show right up and you say, ah, hey, right? Nobody needs to tell you this. We have these gut reactions. God has created us in love for relationship with him and each other. And so there are these experiences in our lives where nobody needs to give us any kind of instruction, right? There, there's, no, there's no template for us. We simply cry out, right? We cry out. And that's what Jesus is describing in the scripture that we just heard today. Because the Pharisees say, hey, tell your disciples to pipe down. You guys ever found, found yourself being on that end of things, telling somebody to pipe down or to calm down? There's an old Seinfeld bit where he talks about how for kids everything is up. Hurry up, wait up, right? And with parents, it's always down, slow down, calm down, right? Simmer down. He does it better than I do, obviously. But, right, maybe we find ourselves sometimes like the religious leaders, you know, telling people to kind of cool their jets, calm down, don't react in those ways. That's unfortunate for us. But Jesus says to them... Look, if they're quiet, the stones are going to cry out. And that's not just hyperbole. I mean, Paul says this in Romans. He says, the whole creation is groaning in anticipation for the good thing that God is doing in Jesus Christ. And this is not the first time in Jesus' story where people cry out. I want to share a few of them with you this morning. The first one happens... When Jesus is only a baby. So has he done or said anything of significance yet? No. He's just been born. Okay? And his parents bring him to the temple to dedicate him to God. And there are two people at the temple that as soon as they see him, they cry out. And their names are Simeon and Anna. And they are advanced in age. We're, we don't know Simeon's age, but Anna's like 86 or something, if I remember correctly. So they've been waiting for God to fulfill his promise to them. And you can imagine how many people have said, like the, the religious leaders in our story today, like, calm down. If it hasn't happened already yet, it's not going to happen. I mean, how often do we maybe feel that way or people say that kind of inadvertently to us, right? We're, we're past our expiration date. We're not sure what God can do with us at this stage in our lives. Maybe we feel like that. Sometimes, And probably people were saying the same thing to Simeon and to Anna, but it's never too late for God. And so Jesus comes to them in that moment, and they cry out. In fact, Simeon has these beautiful words. Sometimes, sometimes in, in some uh, Lutheran churches, you might hear us sing these words after we've taken communion. We say, Lord, you dismiss your servant in peace, for I have seen your salvation. They cry out because God is faithful to his promises. Another example of crying out happens with John the Baptist. Now, John, you might know, was out in the wilderness. He's a prophet of God. He's really the last Old Testament prophet because he's preparing the way for the Messiah. And John has been crying out in the wilderness, repent, right? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, change your life, get a new life, start over, right? Now, when Jesus shows up, John's cry goes from do something to look at this. 
right? John is no longer saying, do this thing, people. He's saying, look. He cries out, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John is shouting out for all of us to hear that God is here and he is doing a new thing in Jesus Christ. Ready or not, God is at work. And John cries it out. And maybe you've experienced that in your own life. Or maybe you think it's not going to happen. But believe me, ready or not, God is at work in your life doing a new thing. And sometimes you don't even see it until somebody crazy like John shouts it out to you. Right? And you can see that it's at work. Another example of someone crying out to Jesus was a man with leprosy. Now, leprosy is a variations of a skin disease. And obviously... You know, if you're ill, I remember a few months back, I think I had a cold or something, but I had to come into the office for something. And so when I came down the hallway, I made sure with my mask on to shout, unclean, unclean, <laughs> right? So everybody could stay away from me. Well, that's exactly what, I mean, we're laughing about it, but that's what lepers had to do in Jesus's day. They had to stay away from people and they had to shout out that others should stay away from them. But there's a man in Luke's gospel with leprosy who breaks the rules and he runs up to Jesus and he cries out. And you know what Jesus does in response? He breaks the rules too. And he touches the man, right? Jesus is the one who gives God's will. And so he breaks the rules so that he can touch this man and that he can heal this man. What do you want from me? The man says, I want to be clean. And Jesus does it for him, right? Jesus doesn't let the rules keep him away from you or me either. There's another instance where there's a blind beggar and obviously he can't see that Jesus is coming, but he hears, like we heard in that story with the children's message today, he hears kind of the crowd noise uh, growing a little bit and he's hearing what's going on, what's going on. And so he cries out, Jesus, son of David, right? And he doesn't know where he is. He, he obviously can't get to him himself. He can't be like the leper and run up to him. So he's just crying out, right? With the only hope is, that he will be heard and approached. And sadly, there are people in that moment with that man who say, shh, 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 quiet, keep it down. You're going to bother him, right? I mean, what, what are we doing with each other where we think that we are bothering God or getting in his way, right? And Jesus doesn't let them quiet him down. He cries out, and Jesus comes to him and he restores his sight and the man actually gets to see Jesus. The last one I'll share with you is about little children because that's what we're focusing on this morning. A bunch of people start bringing their kids to Jesus. And I've often wondered, you know, why is it that they are all, all these kids are so eager to get to Jesus? Well, can you think to your own childhood? Some of you, it's not very far, but can you think to your own childhood? Maybe there was someone in your life or a couple of people in your life that you knew just absolutely loved seeing you. Maybe it was a grandparent or an aunt or someone in your neighborhood. I mean, you just knew they didn't hold anything back. They were always excited for you. They always, they, they wanted to get right down at your level and just find out whatever is going on with you. I feel like that's what the dynamic is with Jesus and these children. They, they know that he is not too important for them. They know that they don't have to grow up 
or be more mature in order to approach Jesus and to see what he wants to do in their lives. And in fact, Jesus says, don't let, don't keep the little children away from me. He calls out for them. So we have all these instances of our calling out to Christ, but we also know just as people are compelled to call to Jesus, that Jesus is compelled to cry out for you and for me. His love compels him into this space for you and I. We actually heard two of those instances in our scripture reading this morning. First, he cries out. He literally weeps over the city of Jerusalem, over the people that are there, and says, if only you guys knew what I was doing right now in your life and you weren't rejecting me in the midst of it. And then he goes on after that into the temple and he finds that they've used the outer courts of the temple, which is where all the Gentiles, all the non-Jews are supposed to be able to worship God and they filled it up with the marketplace. And so Jesus cries out and he casts all of that out and says, my house is a house of prayer for all people. Jesus cries out and takes down that dividing wall which is really just the precursor for what he will do on this Good Friday again. When Jesus cries out and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus is compelled out of his great love for you to cry out and to call you his own. And his invitation to you and I this morning is that we don't have to hold back right? We don't have to predetermine all of our approaches to him. We don't have to be quieted down by our own reservations or by others. Jesus is saying, you can cry out to me because I love you and I have come for you and I have come to make all things new. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.